Welcome to Momentum Church. Hey again, it's me. So this was originally going to be a lot funnier because Halloween was yesterday and I was going to dress up like Pastor Ross, but he's getting skinny now, so this joke isn't funny. I know, but it's okay. Um, Pastor Ross um, is, has been doing this awesome series called Ghost Stories the last few weeks, and so we're excited to be able to continue that this week, wrap up this, this last week of the series. Uh, do keep Pastor Ross in your prayers. He um, was uh, directly exposed to someone who tested positive for COVID, he took a test and tested negative. So you know that he is teening anyway out of, out of an abundance of safety for our church family. So you know that he is struggling right now, not talking to other people. And so pray for him today as his Sundays, he doesn't get to talk. Um, I am interested to find out how he's doing today because I know it's um, probably tough for him. But again, we are excited to continue this ghost series uh, because or ghost story series, excuse me. Um, I am, if you're not if you're new around here, my name is Stephanie. I am the connections pastor here at Momentum Church, um, and I grew up um, maybe like some of you in a church environment. I had. Um, for the most part, a really, a really good church experience as a child, a teenager, and even into my adulthood. I have amazing parents who led me in the things of God and even the things of the Holy Spirit, which can be a little crazy at times. So thanks, Mom, for making that a little less creepy for me um, at times when it's kind of weird to explain the things of the Holy Spirit to kids. Um, I, at times, though, I found myself um, experiencing people who said one thing about God or the Holy Spirit, acted certain ways, and then I saw them behave in different ways. Anyone else experience that? Didn't put a great taste in your mouth, right? Not, so I kind of went into my um, adulthood a little, I'm just going to tell you, a little skeptical, a little cynical when I hear people um, talk about the Holy Spirit, and I talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when they talk about um, things that they do in the name of Jesus, and then they cuss out their waitress. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had a really hard time processing through what does it look like to say that we believe something and that we operate in this amazing power that God has, but only at one point in our life, and then we kind of do whatever we want with the rest of it. Anybody else kind of get where I'm going with that? So I wanted to let you guys know up front, as we started this ghost story series, Cynical Stephanie kind of settled in. She was just like, all right, here we go. Let's talk about this. Because I'm going to be just completely transparent with you guys. It has only been in the last few years that I have been able to openly start receiving again from like some of these, some of these amazing things that we've been studying the last few weeks because my heart was just a little closed off to it. I was just like, that's cool that that happened. That's good if you experience it. If you really did experience, I don't really know. And I, I really feel like there are times in my life where I lost out on what God was wanting to do, what he was wanting to speak to, to my life, what he was wanting to speak to other people's lives about the Holy Spirit because I was just like, mm, this. <laughs> and so, um, again, I just want to kind of set you up with where I am. So as we talk through this, um, again, you're going to be able to see some of my heart that's been restored 
over the past four and five weeks. Some of the things that he's been able to do in my life and that I have found so much joy and so much fulfillment in. So um, if you haven't been here the past couple weeks, um, you caught, came on a good day. We are kind of recapping the last few weeks. And I also thought this was a neat opportunity for me and for you because um, it's not pastor recapping it. It's somebody else. I didn't sit with him while he prepared his sermons. So this is, this is the recap from someone who sat in a seat like you did and, and heard these things. So I hope that um, that's a neat perspective for you as well. Um, and then lastly, um, you get some of my thoughts peppered in. So you're welcome in advance, in advance for those. <laughs> um, so the first week of the series, we talked about this idea of um, paranormal. Anybody like paranormal movies? I don't, y'all are all crazy. Tom has to watch them when I'm gone. I'm just like, you can't, I don't even watch that in the house with me. It freaks me out, I don't like it. Um, but this idea of paranormal, that para word means beyond normal. And that is what we want, right? We want to live lives that are beyond what is normal. We want to experience things that are beyond what is usual, beyond the normal state of, or condition of things. Um, and that's something that we, again, we touched on that first, that first Sunday at the Feast of, uh, of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, they were all in, that one, all in that one room, all in one place. And then something a little crazy happened. In Acts 2, it says, like a strong wind, gale force, no one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And like every ghost story that we've heard over the past you know, several weeks of this series, we know that it didn't happen just for a story's sake, right? The, the, all, those, all those people, all of those early Acts to church Christians. They weren't up in a room, just the Holy Spirit come in, them experience it just for the sake of the experience, just for the sake of a story. It happened so that it could empower their relationship with God and then empower their ability to impact other people. And as I was looking through the last few weeks, that is what I felt was the neatest um, kind of train through all of these things, through all of these stories. It wasn't a story just for story's sake. The Holy Spirit always comes to empower us in our relationship with Christ, and then to empower us to help other people experience him in the same way. And as Christ followers, that should, we should desire that, right? We should want that. We should want a normal, um, just stay kind of as we are. We should want that, that paranormal experience, that beyond normal experience. And here's what Pastor Ross said were some things we could do to prepare for that move of God. The first thing was to be where God tells you to be. The second was to be uh, there with a sense of anticipation. So not just showing up and sitting around on our hands, but showing up expecting something to happen. Expecting that God wants to do something. Not showing up, Stephanie, with expecting someone else to do something that you may not believe. Showing up just waiting for someone to do something wrong. But the other, a sense of anticipation of what God wants to do. And then lastly, and this is huge, is being ready to respond when he shows up. And I think that that's, that just kind of set up our series so well of what we can do to prepare for that move of God. And I hope that that's something that you've carried with you um, through these last couple of weeks. Because sometimes it's easy to go back and think, oh, what did we talk about week one of this series? <laughs> you know? And then as weeks go on, we kind of... 
we kind of lose, the, you know, oh, yeah, that's what, that's what we thought and what we heard. And so, again, I'm excited to walk through this today because I think it's important that we go back and we refresh those things at times. Because remembering that, I think, is going to help us as we look at week two. Y'all remember what happened in week two? It was that prophecy. Week two, the prophecy, that timely word from God, the breath of life. That breath of life, a timely word from God that can be like a fresh breath to our lives. Um, and Pastor Ross, um, he noted the, the place in Genesis. We, we hear this verse, I think, quoted a lot. Um, that the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Pretty cool. Not so normal. <laughs> Randomly breathing and then life happening. Um, but we see that same breath. That breath that created life in Ezekiel 37, hear the word of the Lord. And it says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones I will make breath enter you, you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am God. So we find Ezekiel in this valley where there's been a war, and it's just bones. It is just death that surrounds him. And all of a sudden, God looks at him, and he says, prophesy. And I can't imagine that Ezekiel was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Like right away, he probably had some questions. <laughs> um, but he tells him, like, look around you. Do we want life there? Do you think that Ezekiel came anticipating something as he entered that valley? Did he come expecting to respond to what God was going to ask him to do? And so you know what he does? He prophesied. He prophesied to the bones, and they came together, completely rebuilt, completely intact, to the point that they even had skin on them, but it says that they weren't alive. They weren't living. So the Lord tells them, all right, prophesy to the breath. So what does Ezekiel do? He, pro he prophesies to the breath. And, so, and it says when he does in verse 10, it says, Breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I'm going to sit down for just a second because I'm about to step on my own toes just a little bit. So I'm just going to sit down right here. That seems crazy to us, right? That seems like something that someone made up and wrote and they made it into a movie. A guy standing around in a valley with a bunch of bones and all of a sudden he hears a voice from above that says prophesy and those bones are going to come together and then they're going to have skin on them. There's going to be life, right? It sounds a little bit like World War Z, just a tiny bit. <laughs> we talk about in Genesis where he create, but God created everything from nothing sky ocean land animals people everything from nothing and we have no problem believing that he could do that i have no problem teaching annabelle here here every day here's what jesus made here's your little flip book of all the amazing things jesus can do no problem believing that what is more difficult uh, for me to believe sometimes, that he created everything from nothing, or that he put flesh and as is a different back into bones that already existed? 
And I realized that the difference is that one had an audience and one did not. One had, uh, was just God and his creation. And, and now we have an audience of Ezekiel. He didn't, um, he shows up in the middle of this valley. Ezekiel does. When, again, all around him what he saw was death and a reminder of a war that took everything and that everything was lost, an army that was fallen. But God knew exactly how Ezekiel needed to be empowered. And like I said, so Ezekiel showed up, he expected, and he responded when God said prophesy. And when he did, life came back. And one of the things that Pastor Ross said was that, that prophecy is speaking what God is breathing into a moment. And God wants to empower us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like prophecy, to speak breath of life back into our own lives and into the lives of others. So we see that again. It's not just for us. It's not just for us so we can do cool things, so we can be a part of amazing World War Z type stories, but so that we can also be able to empower others. Because there's an enemy of our heart that wants to do the exact opposite, that doesn't want to help bring us life and help us bring life to others, but wants to do the exact opposite, and that's take from us. And in week three, Pastor Ross talked about how um, the enemy does that, and he's been doing it for years, but he's pretty dumb. His, his um, playbook is really, really small. He doesn't have many moves, but unfortunately, they work over and over and over again. So these are his two game plans. The first is to keep you from God, or the second is to keep you from living for God. With God in your life, that active lifestyle where God can, can um, change you and change other people around you. And that happens so easily. It happens um, where we, when we begin to pull away from God, where we don't seek that active lifestyle with him. When we pull away from the word of God, because we can come to church, right? We can watch online, come to this building, hear amazing people talk about really fun things. But if you don't have the word of God, if you're not reading the Bible consistently, hiding that word in your heart, man, we're moving forward. It makes us easier to be pulled away. Whatever that is in your life that keeps you moving forward. Because if we're not moving forward, something in your life is going to try to pull you back. And uh, on week three, we talked about Daniel. or We talked from the book of Daniel in chapter five. And um, there's this, this party that's happening. The king is throwing this party. They are drinking it up and having a great time. And um, we pick up in verse 5, and it says, Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple. So he was like, go get those vessels from the temple. We're going to drink up. And it said, and, the, and they, came, they were taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver and bronze, iron, wood, and stone. They did a lot of drinking and a lot of praising people that weren't Jesus, basically. Um, immediately, the finger of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite of the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote. 
The king's color changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. As you can imagine, his limbs gave way and his knees knocked together. So we see this picture where someone who is not pursuing a life that God wants him to pursue is all of a sudden experiencing the paranormal. And just like, just like in those days, there's still an enemy of your heart. There's a paranormal evil in this world that wants to do this in your life today. Only those vessels aren't made of gold and silver. They look like you and they look like me. They've got flesh and blood. But just like the king took those vessels that were intended to worship God, the devil wants to t- steal what's inside of you that was meant to worship God. There's something that was created in you, in everyone here, all of us, that was intended to worship God, things that he wants to use, purposes that he has for each of us. But just like a king wanted to take vessels and use them for a different purpose to worship other things, so there's an enemy of our heart that says, I'll take that, and I'll use it for something it was never intended to be used for. Um, and so how do we counter that play? Again, one of the few plays that the devil has. Um, Pastor Ross pointed this out. It's in Hebrews 10, and it kind of gives us a layout of, of how do we do this? How do we, of three, it says, pray to some of these tricks. And uh, Hebrews 10, verse 23, it says, let's hold, let us hold fast. So let's keep moving forward. Let us hold fast in the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That's us, right? That's us. That's God empowering us with our confession of hope without wavering for his promise with us. But then it goes on to say, and let us consider how to stir one another up to good works. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's his challenge. If you want to know how to not fall prey to one of these things, keep your life right with God. Keep your heart close to him. Not just doing all the right things, going all the right places, but keep your heart in line with him. And then out of that, let, ex- let helping others experience Jesus grow from that as well. That's how we counter the, the plays <laughs> that the devil has in our lives. And I love that uh, Pastor Ross brought us this challenge. It was um, kind of near the end of the sermon, if you go back, rewind in your mental, in your mental uh, DVR. Uh, DVR. What is this? 2004? <laughs> That's not your thing anymore. Um, we'll edit that out of the podcast. But here is what uh, the challenge was to us as Christians. I said, as, as believers, as followers, if you're here today and you haven't made that decision that uh, you want to start a relationship with Christ, said so this, this part doesn't um, apply to you as much, but if you are a believer in here and you um, are hearing these words or you're online and you hear these things, this was such a challenge to me, um, and it really stuck out. And this was what Pastor Ross said. How long can we expect the Holy Spirit to strive with us when we choose not to hold fast and to ignore God's instructions? to stir each other up to love and good works? How long can we passively 
live Christian lives and expect to see God do paranormal things? How long can we kind of spiritually roll our eyes at God and then be confused when we don't see things, when we don't experience the supernatural? That hit me hard, guys. I was like, oof. I guess I sat down one more time, pulled my feet up even higher. And then last week, the final week of our ghost story series, that we learned why it's so important that we live that active, active Christian lifestyle. That active pursuit of faith and experience Jesus deeper. And that deeper is going to look different for all of us because we're all at different points of deeper. But why we pursue that, why we pursue to live an active stride with him. And again, week four was because God has always desired man's involvement when it comes to carrying the presence of God. And we looked uh, back at Joshua um, in the Old Testament, and the, um, the presence of God was housed in what they called the Ark of the Covenant, and um, not because God can be easily contained, <laughs> not because we can put God in his presence in a box, but because that's where God chose to be. He chose to let us carry him around with us, because that's always been, always been God's heart is to be able to, um, to be carried with us. And it used to be the Ark of the Covenant, and now it's with us individually. So we looked um, at Joshua. In Joshua chapter 3, it said this, And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, because that's where God's presence resided, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you'll stand still in the Jordan. That's a river. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here's how you'll know that the living God is among you. And that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, the Gershonites, the Amorites. I think Pastor Ross made a joke about your mother-in-law in there somewhere. And the Jebusites. He's going to drive out all of these things. He said, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe, um, one man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. And the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So can y'all kind of imagine that with me? That, so here come these 12 guys carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which again, the, the housing of the presence of God. And they come down, they put a foot in the water, and all of a sudden the water backs up. It stops flowing because when the presence of God shows up, everything else stops. That's some crazy stuff, guys. But it happens. 
And so if we want to experience the Holy Spirit in our life, we have to take responsibility to steward the presence of God in our lives. That was the first thing Pastor Ross said. And that hit me hard too because it says, don't wait for someone else to carry the ark. Don't wait for someone else to go pick it up and take the step in the Jordan. It says, you go grab it. You want the presence of God in your life? You want the Holy Spirit in your life? You want to experience greater, bigger things than you've ever experienced? Go pick up the ark. You wonder why you step a foot into, um, we're going to use the Jordan here, but you want to, you wonder why you step into experiences of life and man, things still feel heavy. You can't seem to push through. You can't seem to um, understand what's happening around you. And we pray, God, just make it better. <laughs> we do that, right? God, fix my situation. Fix it, Lord. Jesus' name, fix it. And he does, he wants to come in and fix it. But even more, he wants you to pick up the ark. Even more than he wants to help be with you in your moment of need, he wants you to carry his presence with you wherever you go. We wanna experience these unusual things. We wanna understand God and his presence in a deeper way beyond um, beyond the Sunday school, like I said earlier, beyond the flip book of here's all the things God created. You want to understand God as deep as your understanding will allow, we have to take the responsibility to steward the presence of God in our lives. And the second thing was to live with an expectation of being led and empowered by the presence of God in our lives. Live with an expectation kind of back to week one, right? We have come full circle. <laughs> Living with that expectation. And that should be our expectations, right? And again, you may be here in this place and you say, I'm still working on, on Jesus. I'm gonna get to the Holy Spirit when we get settled on this Jesus bit. <laughs> and that's okay. But if you're here and you're, and you're wondering, why is my life not in stride with these things? Maybe you're like me, and your skepticism and your cynicism is cutting you off from what it is that God wants you to experience. Stephanie today wants to tell you that God is bigger than any skepticism or cynicism you will ever cultivate in your mind. So the bands um, come, and we're going to sing through um, a song and I would love it if we could all just take a moment, take some time. You can stand up and worship. You can sit in your seat, whatever that looks like for you. But you get in a spot where you ask God, am I allowing myself to expect from you? Am I putting myself in a place with an open heart and an open mind? to experience you, even if those things may look a little paranormal to me. So I'll tell you, with a closed heart, you'll never experience them. With that skeptical eye, it's hard to see through. So like I said, we're gonna, we're gonna sing, and I just want, um, and I'm gonna come back up, but I, I want to take some time to pray through that. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever that looks like this morning, pray, God, show me what it's going to take. What do you need for me to let go of or to give more of? 
to be able to experience this so that you can empower me and then I can be empowered to help others. Okay, let's pray. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.